The following shear has been presented by Rav Baruch Fried, member of the Beis Havad Dayanus Koilel, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. For contract and iska draft and review, wills and estates, or other halachic services, please call 1-888-485-8223 or visit thehalachacenter.org. After Avram Avinu successfully conquers the Dalad Malachim, he is greeted by Malkitzedek Melch Sholem, who serves in Lechem Ve'yoyin. Malkitzedek, we are told, is a Kay in the Kelel Yoyin. He was the servant, a priest to Hashem. He gives Avram a bracha, Baruch Avram a Kelel Yoyin, Kenish Mayim Ve'oretz, Baruch Kelel Yoyin, Shemigein Tzorech B'yadecha. He thanks the Rebbeinu Shleilam, who protected Avram in a miraculous way. And right after that, Vayitin Le'ma'asir Mikoil. So Rashi learns that Avram gave Malki Tzedek a tenth of all the booty that he conquered because Malki Tzedek was a Kayan. So therefore he was giving him his portion of Miser. So many Mepharshim understand that this is a the earliest source to the mitzvah of giving Miser. Similarly, we find by Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu, when he was asking for Hashem's protection, so part of his pledge is I will give Maeser. Some even learned he was giving Chaymish. He was going to give Chaymish. So that gives us a place to go into this mitzvah of Maeser. As the Malvin points out on the positive, Maeser is what pours upon a person the brach of Hashem. Like the Pasuk tells us, in Novi, have you as kol hamaas al beis ha'itzer? Bring all the mice to the beis ha'itzer v'chulu. The Pasuk says, Ari kaisi lechem bracha ad belidoy, and I'll confer upon you, I'll pour upon you. Bracha without measure. So, there's many things to discuss in the mitzvah of meiser. The first thing that needs to be clarified is the level of obligation when it comes to giving meiser. So there's some confusion here because we have a mitzvah of tzedakah and then there's this mitzvah that goes along with it, the mitzvah of Maiser. So, where do the two differ, and how are they, how would they come together? So really, although they both involve the obligation of giving to others, they're really very, very opposite types of mitzvahs. The mitzvah of tzedakah, which clearly is a mitzvah of the Raisa, is reactionary in nature. When somebody sees a poor person, his brother who has a need, He's destitute, he can't afford the necessities. So then one should react by doing whatever he can to fulfill that need. So there the Torah is many lavin, you can harden your heart, you can't withhold from giving him what he needs. Many, many mitzvahs that go along with it, of Nosen Titein, Pasayach Tiftach, it's clearly a mitzvah to react to the situation and do whatever you can to alleviate the suffering of your brother. That's mitzvah, that's the mitzvah of tzedakah. Meiser, on the other hand, is proactive in nature. It's, it's not referring to a specific need that someone has and you're trying to fill it. It's referring to someone who was given bracha by Hashem, and he says, clearly this is not all for me. If Hashem entrusts me with all this money, I'm going to take from it what I need, but the rest of it, as much as I can, is going to be given to, back to Hashem to, for Hashem's causes, so to speak. So right away, he takes up 10% is saying, I'm going to share the bracha I was given with the Hashem's people. So that's how the mitzvah of Meiser is 
coming the other way. It's saying that when I was given something, I'd like to share that. So that already, that mitzvah, is not clear exactly the level of obligation. So, so even though we just found a source for it back from Avram Avinu, from Yaakov Avinu, yet it's not clear whether it's a chiv de iraisa, de rabbonon, or perhaps not even a chiv altogether. There's a Taisvis in Tainus. Taisvis quotes a Safri. It, we don't have it in the Safri. It's, it's found in other Midrashim. Taisvis learns from a Pasuk that when you're, in addition to the Meiser that you give on, of your Tvu, of your produce, there's also a Mitzvah to give Meiser of your all your income, of what you gained from Prakmatia, from business and the like. So some understand Taisvis to be literal, that this is an absolute Chiv de Raisa. But that is definitely not the consensus. Many others say it's only an asmachta. And that's the opinion of, let's say, the Taz. And the Ramos seems to go with that, that Meiser is a chiyuv, but most likely a drabonan chiyuv. There's a Bach, and this is the accepted by many, many Paiskim, who assumes that it's not really a chiyuv altogether, rather it's a minik. It's a custom that Kla Yisrael has always done. So, although it is a custom that, you know, it's customary, it can't be, it's not obligatory, but as we see, this is something that's it's basically expected of any Jew who can to give at least my service income and if possible even chaymish. So the Paiskim warned that since, since if we'll go with the Paiskim that it's not a chiyuv and someone does this custom, so now it can become a nether. So they warned that some should, when beginning to give miser, one should always say that he's accepting this Beli Nether. If he did not do that, then it may actually have the the ramifications and the stringencies of a Nether. And if for whatever reason he wants to change his practices or or, or, or things come up and he feels he, he has to stop giving Miser, it would be advisable for him to be Mater Nether. So, assuming someone is just starting to give Miser, so how should he do it? How should one begin to do the mitzvah of Maeser? So the Chavetz Chaim already points out, as we said, and many others, that you should start by saying, I'm doing this Beli Neder, and it should be clear that in your, when you're acceptance that it's Beli Neder, and you're going to rely, if necessary, on the various opinions in the Paiskim that are mekel, if necessary, you'll rely on those opinions, because there, since there is no clear sugya of Maeser, so on every important Shiloh there is a range of opinions practically what should be done, so one should have in mind that he's going uh, 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 he's going to allow himself the the latitude to rely on different paiskim so that he can best perform the mitzvah of Meiser without it taking away from the from his ability to do everything else he needs to do. So again this is a mitzvah, it's a minig, something that one someone should do. But if one's income does not cover the needs of their own household then the place can say they do not have to give Maeser to others. They are technically exempt from this mitzvah, similar to the mitzvah of Tzedakah. Someone who cannot afford it is potter from the broader mitzvah of Tzedakah. He has to give a shlishas shekel, but the broader mitzvah of Tzedakah is potter, but Maeser as well. If he cannot afford his own household needs, then he does not have to give Maeser to others. Um, Rav Maisha writes in Dibris Maisha that really he should still set aside Maeser. He should set aside the miser, and then he can take it for himself when he needs it. He explains that the reason the uh, someone who does not have the ability to per, to provide for his own household does not have to give to others, he says it's not pshat that you putter from the mitzvah. The pshat is that 
he is the first karav. We'll see later that the relatives come first when it comes to the distributing your miser. So the closest relative you have is your own needs. So that's how Rashi explains that one who does who needs it for his own parnasa does not have to give miser. It's, it's not that you're potter. Rather, it's that you give miser, but you give it to yourself because you're the first karav. So again, he's not convinced. He lives to and whether or not this is halacha l'maisa, but he does advise. He, he seems to he he's, he says that this seems to be the the logic of the Ramah, and that seems to be the the better way to go is to keep, always set aside miser, and then if necessary, you can keep it for yourself. So now miser is given on income. What is considered income? So income, in a broader sense, includes all types of business profits, inheritances, if winning winnings or a gift, or all these type of things. So the proper way to do it is you set aside miser or chaymish if possible. The proper way to do that is you give a full 10 or 20% of the principal at the outset, and then you give annually or biannually, you set aside the 10 or 20% of the subsequent profits. So for example, somebody sees an inheritance, so right away 10% comes off the top, goes towards miser, and this is true even if the deceased already gave miser, that doesn't make this money already misered, it's your personal profit, and therefore you again have to give miser. So right away 10% comes off the t- off the top, and then after it's invested, if it makes money, so 10% of any subsequent profits are to be given to miser. So... If you want to give miser ahead of time on future earnings, so the Paiskim are not thrilled by this concept because the source of miser is similar to, to the produce miser, which after something grows, you give 10% to the levy. So with produce, obviously, you can't pre-give it. It has to be taken out of the produce itself. So they say, Yudur has a truth about this, and he says, really, miser should be the same way. It should only be after you realize the profit. That's when you take off 10% to give to the Levium, so to speak, when you give to either to Aniyam or to Taira, as we'll see later. But still, he says that if you did so, if you already set it aside ahead of time, then you could, you are Yaitu with that. It's as if you lent it to the Tzaka and you're repaying yourself later. So he says it does work with the Evid. Chavetz Chaim says that if you had that in mind when you first started to give Maisa, that's what you're going to do. Then it's Lechatrila, you can do that. So how do we calculate profit? What's considered profit? So the first thing we do is we deduct any business expenses that were needed to make those profits happen. Since you're giving myself a profit, so profit, by definition, means the capital that's over and above what was invested. So you can deduct from your total profit, from you deduct first the expenses. So that would include any business travel expenses or income taxes, business insurance, or even childcare expenses that are incurred specifically to enable working. If you wouldn't have done this otherwise, and because you went to work, in order to make this money, you 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 needed to, you needed to put your child into childcare, or housekeeping, or things like that. Then that's considered a business expense, and it comes off the top before you start calculating the miser. Another Rav Moshe says a chiddush that you can calculate the rate of inflation against common goods. And you only give miser on the true value. So you don't use the nominal value, you use the true value. So if something rose in value over, if let's say a business property rose in value over a long time, so you don't just look at the investment, you also look at it against the rate of inflation. When it comes to losses, business losses, so if it's within the same venture, you invested money and, you know, there was losses and gains, so clearly the losses are taken off the gains 
because you didn't make a profit. But if it's two different ventures, that's already a big machlekes in the paiskim. Whether or not you're allowed to deduct losses from one venture against the gains of a different venture. So many paiskim do allow it. And again, if that was your intention when you started giving maizah, then you can do so. Rav Meisha holds that's the Iker Halacha. So therefore we say you should have one calendar day set as the end of your Meisah calculation. Should be annual or biannual, but it should have one set date. And you calculate all your profits and losses accordingly. And that's when you figure out how much Meisah you owe. So again, so you have, you keep a, a, a ledger throughout the year, putting in any profits. And you deduct any expenses and losses from that calculation. You also keep in that ledger any stucker that was given. You deduct that as well. No, first, again, first you put in all your profits. And then you deduct from that. You deduct any losses and any expenses. From that sum, you deduct any mice that was already given throughout the year. And then, if there's anything left, so then you make sure to give that as quickly as possible. Personal expenses are not deducted from your calculation of profits. So like mortgage payments and property taxes on your own home, regular food or clothing expenses, your sales tax or personal items, those are not considered losses, they're not considered expenses. Those are your regular personal expenditures that does not come off the, the your calculation of profit. And if you get a direct benefit from a business expense, like a mortgage payment that's buying you the property, or a business lunch that saves you from eating at home, so the amount that you benefited does not count as a business expense. Profits from a venture that haven't yet been realized, like if you have stocks that are invested and they didn't pull them out yet. So then they're exempt from MISA until you take it out. So a property rise, a business property that rises in value, you don't have to give MISA against it until you sell that property. So even dividends from a venture, as long as it's not taken out for use, as long as it's still invested, you do not have to take out Meiser. But Shevet Levi says that if it's going to be in there for a long time, and he says it doesn't make sense, you're going to be going years and years without giving Meiser, and the, 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 it's going to be very hard to keep a good calculation. So he says, so just set a date at a certain, you know, their annual or something like that, and that's when you just calculate the profits, and you give Meiser then at that point. Okay. What do we give Meiser from? So again, typically we give Meiser on any money that's earned or business profits. When you receive an object, objects typically the minig is not to give Meiser. Chazanish says that's the minig. The minig is not to give Meiser on an object that was given to you. If you have someone comes for Shabbos, they buy you a hostess gift, you do not have to take the value and go give Meiser of that. Um, if you receive money towards a gift, so then you should give Meiser. If it was cash, towards a gift, and the person who gave you the money doesn't really care what you do with the money, he just wants you to buy that certain gift, so you should first take off Meiser from the money that was given to you. Some people say if an employee gets direct benefits, part of his wages, like he gets health insurance, so then now he doesn't have to buy his own health insurance, so they consider that profit. I'm not convinced that's the minute. I haven't seen people do that. If someone is being supported by others like have an adult child that's being supported by their parents, they're not allowed to give Meiser without the parents' permission, because by them giving Meiser, now the parents are going, to do, are going to have to give them more money. So you cannot do that. If you have your own money, you can give Meiser from that, but if you're being, your expenses are being paid, then you cannot give Meiser without permission, because you're increasing their burden. 
Also, somebody gives you money and says, "I don't let you get meiser from it," then you cannot get meiser from it. You can't go against the, the wishes of the person of the person who gave it to you. At the same time, you do ar mechuliv and meiser really. So, if you have other money, you should get meiser from that. So that's how we define income that is meiserable. That in other words, that's obligated in meiser. So now that you have your meiser, what should you do with it? So, according to many achreinim, meiser is really intended to be used for tzedakah for aniim only. That's the simple reading of the Ramah, Taz, and several others. They were coming from Maril, that Maeser is intended for Aniyim. But other places can disagree, Baragayla there and others, they say it could be used for other mitzvahs as well. And if you originally intended to do this, when you started giving Maeser, your plan was that you're going to give it for other mitzvahs too, so then you can do so. One important caveat is that Meiser cannot be used for anything that you had to do anyway. Even if it's a worthy cause, even if it's a mitzvah, but it's something that you're obligated to do, then you cannot use your Meiser money for it. So the classic example is that it's a mitzvah to pay back loans. Mitzvah Prius Chayv. So you cannot take out a loan from somebody and then use your Meiser money to pay it back because I'm doing a mitzvah with it. That clearly is, doesn't make any sense. So it's the same thing with all mitzvahs, or all chiyuvim. Once you're obligated in something, once you have a chayv, so then you cannot use Meiser to pay up your own chayvis. So let's say, for example, to support a, a son-in-law in learning. So it's a beautiful thing to do, and it's a great way to spend your Meiser. But if you're already committed to do it, if at the time of the marriage, or whenever these conditions worked out, you're already committed to do it without planning to use Meiser money, and now you're committed, and now you want to turn around and use your Meiser money for it, that you cannot do, Peschit tells us. Once you're committed... You cannot use your Meiser money for something that you're already committed to do. Originally, when you made the commitment that he had the right to do, to say, I'm going to give this amount out of my Meiser money that you can do, because it is a good use of Meiser money. <clears throat> um, so let's say supporting your own children. So really, technically, your chiv to support your own children, giving them room and board, is only until the age of six. After that, it's really a stock obligation. It's not a direct chiv. So the Shach writes that you're allowed to use your Meiser money to support your older children. Once they're over the age of six, he says, even if you have other money. Because since you're not directly obligated to support them, it's just the mitzvah of Tzedakah that obligates you. So Tzedakah, that's what you use Meiser for. Rabbi Feinstein comes around and says that, no, we don't say that anymore in most cases. He says, part of your chiv to your wife, part of the marital obligations, require a husband to support his wife's children. This is a rule called Archi Uparchi, that besides for your uh, husband's chiv to support his wife, he also has to give her extra stuff for the people that are around the house. It's, it's normal for people to be in a house. So then he has to give his wife extra so she can support, she can feed them as well. So since it's normal to have your, your children at home, so therefore part of your chiv in, your, in marriage is to support your wife and her children. He says that would extend for as long as it's normal for these children to be supported at home. So consequently, you cannot use miser because now you have it's part of the marriage obligation, so now you cannot use Meiser for that. But once it's beyond that, once the children are older, and it wouldn't be typical to support them, so then, yes, it would be correct if they're poor, you can use Meiser money to support them. When it comes to tuition, it's a similar question. According to many places, you cannot use Meiser to pay tuition for a son to be taught Torah, because that's a chiv in the father. You're already mechiv to do that. You're even mechiv to pay for it. So they say you cannot use Meiser to pay tuition for a son to be taught Torah. On the other hand, for older sons, or for sons who can already learn on their own, or for girls. So technically, you should, use, you should be able to use Meiser funds. 
again, Rav Moshe Feinstein comes along and he says that the, this cooler would not apply anymore. So since we have to send our children to school anyway by law, so the only option for a free school would be a public school. Public school, your general chiv chinuch obligates a parent not to send his child to a public school, and therefore he'd have to send him to a from school. And he'd have to pay for that because of his general chiv of chinuch. So consequently, can I use meiser money? So again, because your chiv is to send them to the school because of your chiv of chinuch, it's not a mitzvah staka, so you cannot use meiser for something that you already have a chiv to do. He adds, though, if you can't afford it, so then you can use meiser money, just like everybody else, that once you can't afford your household needs, you really pother for meiser, so then certainly you can earmark it for tuition. There are place kimitzis Eliezer and others, they, they has, has a bit of a rule, a bit of a, a list, rather, of, of Paiskim who do allow using Meiser funds for tuition. So he says if you find it difficult to pay tuition otherwise, so then you could actually use t- Meiser money for tuition. Even if it will be Machmer and say you cannot use tuition, Meiser money for tuition, a few things to keep in mind, like a yeshiva or seminary post-high school boys and girls that you can use Meiser for. If you could have sent to a cheaper school, and you choose the more expensive one because it's more suitable for your child, so that your chiv of chinuch didn't obligate you to do that. It's, it's a mitzvah, of course, and certainly the right thing to do for the sake of your child, but it's not part of your chiv, so therefore you can use meiser money for it. Another thing, if you're paying more than the required amount of tuition, if you work out a break, you work out a scholarship, so then you can pay anything over and above that, you can pay for meiser. Ravashi even says if the school is charging you more than they should be charging you, if they they don't assess you properly, and they think you have better, you have, you're, you're able to pay more than, than really you can. So then, anything above what you should be paying, you're allowed to pay out of Meiser. If a child needs extra tutoring, so then you can use Meiser money for that. Or even for yourself, you can, you can hire a Harusa for yourself, you can use Meiser. To buy gifts for a Revi or a teacher, if they need the money, if they're anim, so the, and it's not obligatory. It's not something the school demands you to pay for. So then you can use my money for that as well. So as an aside, even if you technically are paying tuition, if somebody has my money to distribute, then his children's school should definitely be given precedence to other causes. If your children learn there, your children benefit from that place. So definitely, is a good place for your my money. It should be given there. What about using Meiser money for something that you'll benefit from? There's all sorts of causes out there, and when you're choosing a cause, a lot of them have sort of kickbacks. You can get benefits from them. So the truth is, you're allowed to use Meiser even if you indirectly benefit from it. The Taz discusses buying an Ali and Shul. You can use Meiser money to buy an Ali and Shul, he says, because the Ali is not really being sold. It's not something that's available on the market for a price. Aliyah is being given to the one who gives the biggest donation to this to the shul. So you're giving a donation, and indirectly, they give the aliyah to the one who gives the biggest donation. Specifically by aliyahs, though, the Peschet points out that if you are bidding, or Eger, rather, quotes the shlo, says if you're bidding against someone, and that person was going to give a certain amount, and you outbid him, so really, you just caused Stucker to lose that amount of money. Because if he was going to give, let's say, 300 and you offer 350 so now he's not giving that 300 So all you, all Tzedakah gained from your donation was $50. So he says the only thing, you're only allowed to take out of Meiser, only the $50, over and above the last bid. 
if every, everybody's using the Maiser money and you know that, then perhaps you can count the whole thing for Maiser. He doesn't discuss that case. So again, his assumption is that by you bidding, now this guy's not giving it, so now the only thing you really benefited Stucco was the little bit that was over and above the bid before. So only that difference can be taken out of Maiser. So back to the benefits from Meiser, if you, if let's say somebody gives a lot of Meiser and now he gets a tax deduction, that's totally fine. He does not, that, that's, that's, that's a good use of Meiser and the tax deduction is his alone. You can eat at an event, at Staka event, you can eat a meal there. And even though your donation's coming from Meiser money and you're eating, that's fine. There, however, you are. There is a direct benefit in the sense that now you don't have to eat supper at home. So that amount, the amount of supper at home that you deduct, that does not count from your Meiser money. But all the rest of it, anything over and above that, even though you're getting really good food, that's fine. You do, you're allowed to use your Meister money for that. You're allowed to use Meister money to buy raffle tickets. If the raffle tickets don't have a real value, again, it's similar to the Aliyah. The organization is selling an unlimited number of tickets, so the cost of each ticket is more valuable, is is not nearly as valuable as the chance of winning, so that's fine. So then you're, you're not really buying the chance to win. You're giving a donation to the organization. And they happen to be giving you a chance to win something, which is just a small incentive, but it's not really the price of what you paid for. The price can say, though, if you're going to win that raffle, then you should, it's proper to return the ticket purchased to the miser, meaning the amount you paid for the ticket, and the miser of the winnings should be given to that organization that is considered a correct thing to do. But if it's the type of raffle that has a set amount of tickets and it's actually worth something, it's what people will pay for it, similar to a lottery, so then, Rabbi Moshe says you cannot use Meiser money for it, and if you do use Meiser money for it, Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky writes that the winnings go to Tzedaka. If you use Meiser money to buy an object of value, that thing goes up in value, so that belongs to Tzedaka. So he says if you buy a, a valuable ticket with Meiser money and you win, all that money should go to Tzedaka. If somebody wants to use Meiser money to repay a loan that he expended, so when you're first originating a loan, some guy needs a loan, he's a poor person, he needs a loan, could be even if he's rich, Chavz Chaim discusses, but definitely if he's poor, you can take your Meiser money and lend it to him. So if he borrows the money and returns it to you, so the money belongs to Meiser when it's repaid. But you can even give him the money and stipulate that if he doesn't pay it back, it'll be coming out of Meiser. If you lent your own money, you can still stipulate that if he doesn't pay it back, you'll deduct it from your Meiser account, you know, you'll pay yourself back from your Meiser account. If you already lent the money, and now the borrower can't afford to repay it, so that's already a big machlekes in the achreinim. Whether or not the lender is allowed to use his own miser funds to collect the debt on behalf of the debtor, or on behalf of the person who borrowed. So, Ramesha says, if the lender, when he accepted to give miser, he didn't, he said, blineder, so then already you can be makele and rely on the achreinim that you are allowed to use your own miser funds against the debt that the person can't pay back, you're essentially you're giving him a present by not collecting the debt. And you're it's, it's as if you're giving him that money by paying yourself back. If it was money that you could not have collected, the guy went bankrupt or he died and he didn't leave over, you know, hard asset real estate and things like that type of assets they could collect from, so then already that chayv is gone. Now you can't use Meiser to repay it. And Rabbi Shalom even says if you gave up on collecting it, for whatever reason, you're not, you, you know, you didn't think the guy was ever going to repay you, so now you just want to turn around and use your Meiser money for it. He says you cannot do that. It's not so simple because it goes into the sugya of Yiyosh which is a big sugya. But it seems that Rabbi Shlomo Zalman held that you don't have to get involved in that sugya since we're dealing with Meiser. 
So Meiser has to benefit from the giving of Meiser, or else he didn't do the mitzvah of Meiser. So here you're just using it as a way of cutting your own losses, so that he says you cannot do. As far as who to give your Meiser to, so really you have the Tevas Hano, so you can choose which which place to give your Meiser to. The place can say it should go at least half to the Levium, which doesn't mean literal Levium in our days, it means the Amele Teira, as the Chavaz Chaim puts it, the ones who toil in Teira to support those who learn in Teira, specifically if they're poor. So you should try to find, that's the best usage of Meiser, is, is people who need the money in order to, for them to learn Teira. But the rest of it, half, or up to half, can be used for other mitzvahs, as long as you accept it to do Meiser Blinader, or to, you're planning to use Meiser for these things, so we go with pretty much the regular orders of Tzedakah Meiser, you can, of, of Mitzvah for Pedin Shuyim, and other Koch Nefesh, that comes first, and then food and clothing, and you know, direct needs, and relatives come, come first. Ramesha says that with your own funds, you can give your relatives, even if their need is less than the other people's needs, since they relatives, they come first, but you should not give, again, more than half, should not go to relatives it could be even more than half, but it, it, there's different numbers given in the place game how much you're allowed to give your relatives. Um, so they say that the bulk of it can go to to relatives, half or maybe even a little bit more than half, but the rest of it should not, not all of it should go to your relatives, Sechel HaShem, Ramesha says, and others won't give. And the, the Pesachachuva seems to imply that really it's, it's wrong to give more than half. So again, approximately half is allowed to go to relatives, and the rest of it should go to others. But beyond that, it's really if someone has their own tevis hanal, they're allowed to choose the, the causes that they prefer, and they, they're allowed to use the rest of their meiser money for that. And uh, may we all continue to do this mitzvah of meiser and be to the brachas, like the Malbim told us, of our kaiselach and bracha ad belidoi. The Base Havad on the Parsha series has been brought to you by the Base Havad Halacha Center. To reach the Center for Halacha Consultations, Service, educational seminars, or media, please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org, or you can email us at office at the halachacenter.org.